to begin with this morning, I have a series of questions that I want to ask you, and this is going to be a way of you getting to know your neighbor a little bit, um, uh, maybe even some people around you that, that you don't even know all that well, but by a show of hands, uh, when your um, alarm clock goes off in the morning, how many of you pretty often hit the snooze button. How many of you by show of hands would say, I'm a snooze button hitter, I love the snooze button? Yeah, okay. How many of you by show of hands would say, I, pr- most of the time, I, maybe you don't wanna say always, but most of the time when my alarm clock goes off, I turn it off and I'm up, I'm out of bed. How many of you show of hands? Okay, so, so here's a question I would wanna ask you and you'd, please, you don't need to answer this out loud. Why do you do that? Why do you do that? If you're a snooze button hitter, if you're a jump out of better, whatever, which, why, why, why do you do that? Why do you do that, right? So, so let me ask you this question. You go out to eat and you get out the, the menu, you know, they give you the menu. Uh, and there are sometimes on the menu, depending on what kind of establishment you're going to, maybe a few healthy options. And then there are the tastier options, right, on the menu. How many of you by show of hands would say you most of the time actually order the healthy option? Yeah, oh, wow. We are in church, so no lying, right? Okay. I'm really amazed by the number of hands that went up for that. How many of you by show of hands would say, I'm at a restaurant, I'm ordering the tastier option? Yeah, okay, yeah, that's right. So, so again, I would ask you the question, why do you do that? Why do you do that? Healthier, tastier, whichever category, why do you do that, right? How many of you, by show of hands, year after year, continue to cheer for the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, okay. How many, by a show of hands, you cheer for a team that actually wins? Yeah, <laughs> why do you do that, right? Some of us this morning are really asking ourselves, we're in, a, we're in a crisis of belief, wondering why do I do that? You live by Flacco, you die by Flacco. So why do you do that, right? It, here, here's, here's the interesting thing, and we're really going to dig into this. There's lots of reasons for why we do what we do, but the primary reason why you do what you do, and this, I love this line, and it comes from Craig Rochelle. I wish I could say that I came up with it. By the way, uh, we're, one of the resources that's helping us in the sermon series is Craig Rochelle's book, The Power to Change, and it's been helpful in my life. But Craig Rochelle says this, you do what you do because of what you think about you. You do what you do because of what you think about you. And uh, maybe that, that line, you're gonna hear me say that a lot today, but as I've been chewing on this, I cannot agree strongly enough with that statement. You do what you do. There's lots of other reasons, but the primary reason why you do what you do, you do what you do because of what you think about you. And what we think about ourselves is shaped by a lot of different issues. A, a, a lot of different lenses. I love what scripture says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse seven, for as he thinks in his heart, so what? As he thinks in his heart, so he is. As she thinks in her heart, so she is, right? Like my thinking affects my doing. It's so important what we think about ourselves. You do what you do because of what you think about you. So if you wanna change what you do, what do you gotta change? You got to change what you think about you, right? You, got, you guys are like, is this Dr. Seuss? Like, what in the world are we into this morning? And here's the problem is what I think about me has been shaped by, I was just saying, you know, there's so many different perspectives. But really, if you boil it down, our thoughts are shaped by either 
how we view God, accurately or non-accurately, and also shaped by the lies of the enemy. And we don't even realize this. Most of the time, this is so subconscious, we don't even realize what's going on. But Jesus said this. This is so powerful. In John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus says something. And you're going to probably, if you've been around church world, you've heard a lot of this before. But just stay with me. Verse 44, Jesus is speaking, and he's talking about the devil. He says, the devil was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated what? What has he always hated? He's always hated the truth. He's always hated the truth. Because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and he is the father of lies. One translation says when he speaks, he speaks his native language of lying. Like he can't not lie. That's, that's all he does. And, wh- and here's the thing that you got to understand about Satan. Satan is not as powerful as God. Hey, Satan is nothing. And the only way that he can attack the heart of God, which is his whole aim, he can't stand God. He's so full of pride. He got kicked out of heaven. He got, because of pride, because he thought that he could be like God. And so he's been trying to attack the heart of God. He can't actually attack the heart of God, but he tries to attack the heart of God by attacking us. In most instances, the way that he attacks us is through lying and through deception. It's from the very beginning, right? Did God really say? Can God really be trusted? Does God really love you, right? And so he, the devil has been lying since day one. He lies about God. He lies about you. He lies if you're married. He lies about your spouse. He lies about your kids. He lies about your parents. He lies about your coworkers. He fills your minds with lies, lies, lies. Because Satan knows something that a lot of us don't even know, that we do what we do because of what we think about us. And what we think about us is shaped by truth or lies, right? And so Jesus says, you got to understand something. You're in a war. Whether you get it or not, you're in a war. And Satan is shrewd. And he's been sowing lies since the day you were born. He's been lying to you, right? And what are some of his lies? I'm not worth it. Nobody will ever love me. I'm always going to be an addict. I'm not good enough. I'm a loser. I'll never. I can't. This is just the way I am, right? So you dig beneath wrong behavior and you'll find a lie that you are believing. And really this morning, one of the things I just want to help us try to, 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 to dig into is what lie are you believing? What lie are you believing about God? What lie are you believing about yourself? What lie are you believing about others? What lie are you believing? Because what Jesus is next is so huge. And man, when I got this, it was like a light bulb coming on. I mean, this is so huge. So Jesus has just gotten done talking about Satan and talking about his lies and how when, when Satan lies that he speaks his native language. Look, the very next thing that he says, I'm not skipping anything, verse 45, Jesus says, so when I tell the truth, You just naturally don't believe me. Did you catch that? Jesus says, I'm over here trying to tell you truth, but because you have been listening to the lie of the enemy for so long, Jesus says, when I tell you the truth, you don't even believe me because your mind has been so consumed with lies. I'm telling you, this is so powerful if you and I would get this. Because you do what you do, a lot 
other times shaped on lies. I, I could give you so many examples from my, from my life. I'll, I'll give you one example. So this is 100 years ago. I'm a freshman in high school. I'm going into my freshman year of high school, and I switched schools uh, from eighth grade to ninth grade, different school districts. Okay, so I go into a brand new school district. I'm going into the Edison School District. And my first day of school, my first day of class, I'm late. It's a whole long story. It was stupid. It really was stupid. So I go into my first day of school, brand new school, don't know any of these other students. I go into the first class, and of course I'm late, and so I have to talk to the teacher for a second. And while I'm talking to the teacher, this punk kid named Josh hears me talking and decides to start out loud making fun of my lisp in front of the, the rest of the class, right? And so, you know, you're in ninth grade. Like, you're already self-conscious, right? And so the lie that I started believing is if I talk out loud, people are going to make fun of me because I talk funny. Now, think about where the, what I do for a living now <laughs> a number of years later, right? Like, I really believe, it, and, and I mean, it's a funny story. It's kind of like a bad Disney movie, honestly, but... But, but when you think about this, I mean, that lie stayed with me for a while until I started believing the truth that God had for me, that his power is made perfect in my weakness, that it's not about me, that it's about God, that he wanted me to speak, and if he wanted me to speak, I need to speak. Imagine what would have happened if I would have just kept walking in that lie. Now, that's just one example. How many examples are there in your life and usually it's from an experience, and the enemy, he knows how to, in one experience, in one, in, he, he knows how to take that and twist it and lie to you and say, that's confirmation that you'll never, you'll always, right? So what lie are you believing about you today? Because you do what you do because of what you think about you, right? Now scripture gives us some instruction on this. This is in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, beginning with verse 21. We're going to read a couple verses here. And Paul is writing to a group of Jesus followers in Ephesus, and he's being inspired by the Holy Spirit. This isn't just Paul ranting, like the Holy Spirit is inspiring him to write down these words. And, and Paul's writing, he says, Since you have heard about Jesus, and they had, they had heard about Jesus, they had heard about he's the Messiah, they had heard about his death and resurrection. He says, Since you have heard about Jesus, and you have learned the truth that comes from him. So you haven't just learned facts about him, but you've learned the truth of who he is. You've learned the truth of what he can do in your life, the freedom that he can bring to your life, the forgiveness that he can bring in your life. Since you've heard about Jesus and you've learned the truth that comes from him, this is what you need to do. Verse 22, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and, interestingly, deception. Verse 23, instead, or rather, let the Spirit, capital S Spirit, the Holy Spirit, renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So, man, so much going on here. Paul says, you've learned the truth that comes from Jesus, so now throw off the old sinful nature, throw off your old former life, identify the lie, and then throw it off. And this sounds easy, but it's not, right? It's not easy. 
So how do we do that? Well, he tells us how to do it. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. In other words, let the Spirit make your thoughts like new. So, so what truth do you need to start thinking about you? If you do what you do because of what you think about you, what is the truth that you need to think about you? Hopefully when you came in this morning, you got one of these blue cards. Some of our um, beautiful young ladies were helping us out. Is there anybody in the room that didn't get one of these blue cards? If you raise your hand, are you guys, do you guys have some extras that you can hand out? Yeah, do you mind doing that? Does anybody need one? All the way in the back corner over there. I'm sorry, you're gonna have to run. Yeah, book it. Anybody else? Don't be afraid, she needs her extras. All the way in that back corner. Do you have any extras or is she the only one who has them? Do you have some? All the way in that back corner too. Uh, oh, she's got it. Liliana, she's a track star, so. Anybody else need one? Wait until she sits down and then raise your hand, right? Is that what you're gonna do? You guys are so cruel. Okay, man, so, so here's the thing. If we're going to be able to change in this, we need to think right, right? So here just, here's some thoughts of who I am in Christ. This is what scripture says of who you are in Christ. I'm sought after. I'm precious in God's sight. I am a new creation in Christ. I am not condemned. I am forgiven. I am loved. I am accepted. I am a child of God. I am free. I am the temple of God. I am God's treasured possession. I am complete in Christ. I am chosen. I am called. I am God's masterpiece. I am able to do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus who loves me. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of me. Think about it. This is truth. If you're a follower of Jesus, okay, maybe you're not, but if you're a follower of Jesus and you humbled yourself and recognized, God, I can't do this, I'm sin-stained, sin-covered, but I believe that you died on the cross, Jesus, you're the son of God, you died on the cross to take my curse and the punishment of my sin, I, I want my life to be for you. I want to live for you, empower me, forgive me, so that I might now truly live for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, scripture says all of these things are true about you. But do we believe that these things are true about us? In fact, the pushback to all of this is some of you, even reading through that list, you go, well, that's for somebody else. That's not for me. No, if you're a follower of Jesus, it's for you. You say, well, I don't, I don't feel like that's true. Listen, there, I, there's this, sometimes you go, well, do you just want me to pretend? I've had people before, you know, do you just want me to pretend? There's a fine line between pretending and faith. Faith is I don't see it. I don't understand it, but I'm gonna walk in it. And sometimes I don't feel it. So, so what the cop-out is, well, I don't feel it. Well, part of that is the lie of the enemy, right? In fact, most of it is the lie of the enemy. And so because I don't feel it and because the, the enemy's lying to me, I say, well, thus it can't be true. None of that's stupid. God has said it, and God is a eternal creator of the universe, and so am I gonna believe my feelings and how, how I feel about myself or what a uh, you know, seventh grade uh, uh, track coach said to you or whatever you, your dad said to you or somebody else said to you? Are you gonna believe that stuff or are you gonna believe what the eternal creator of the universe has said about you? 
So put on his new nature. Embrace Christ's truth, whether it feels true or not. Put his truth everywhere. Look, maybe, there, maybe there's a couple statements from here that resonated that you want, ooh, that hit a nerve. I don't know why. Some of, you looked at that list and there's, there's gotta be at least a couple that you go, ooh, I need, I need that. I need to understand that. I need to start chewing on that. Well, then what you do is you just write, get a Sharpie marker out, write it on an index card or a piece of paper, and you tape it on your steering wheel, or you put it on your dresser, or you tape it on a refrigerator, or inside your locker, or you write it inside a notebook that you use for school, or you, you just start putting that truth in front of you. You set reminders on your phone. You do whatever you can do, because I want to believe the truth. I want to put on the truth. So if you want to change, what do you do? You change what you think of you. You identify the lie and then you throw it off. And you don't, you don't dwell in that lie. You don't write the lie down. You identify the lie so you know what the lie is, but then you throw it off. And now you put on the truth of Jesus Christ. What does he say about you? And now you start dwelling on that and you meditate on that and you put that everywhere. So I, I was talking to a couple friends about this. And uh, uh, Kevin, I think, was the one. Kevin uh, is in the medical community. He goes, okay, so, Ken, what you got to do with this? You got you to do a case study. So we're going to do a case study this morning, right? And uh, we've changed the names to protect the innocent. And we've even got uh, corny Google images to put up on the screen to help us. Our first case study is going to be Linda. And if your name is Linda, I apologize. And so Linda is a mother of two. She's got a teenage uh, child, and a child is about to become a teenager. And um, Linda just is constantly feeling like a horrible mom. She feels guilty about everything. She has recently recognized that she's probably on her phone too much, and so she feels guilty about being on her phone too much, and she's, and she's trying to change. She really is. Like she, even two weeks ago, you know, the beginning of 2024, she made some New Year's resolutions specifically regarding her phone usage, and now two weeks into the new year, she's all ready to give up. The idea of change is laughable. I'm always going to be like this. I'm never going to be a good mom. My kids are never going to love me, they're probably going to have all kinds of issues in life. Okay, so that's Linda's story. So the first question that I want to ask is this, what lies does she need to throw off? And we're going to do this, this we're, we're doing this without a net this morning, okay, so I'm going to actually invite you to help me with this. What are the lies, or even potential lies, because we don't know her whole story, but maybe even just reading between the, the lines a little bit, what do you think are some of the lies that Linda needs to throw off? Just, one at, just yell out one at a time. Yeah. Her kids don't love her. Yeah. My kids don't love me. What else? I'm always going to be like that. Yep. It's always going to be this. It's, not, it's never going to change. This season, what's going, going on, it's never going to change. Guilt and insecurity. Someone over here. I'm not a good mom. Yeah. What else? These are all great. You guys are awesome. I don't, I, by the way, I'm not looking for a correct answer. I, all of these have been correct answers. I just want to affirm you because I don't want the enemy lying to you. Well, I guess my answer wasn't good enough. He's searching for a different one. <laughs> what other answers? Or whatever li- what other lies do you think she needs to throw off? She's giving up. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. Anybody else? 
Condemnation. Oh, yeah, lots of condemnation going on there, right? Yeah. Anything else you can think of? She doesn't believe she can go without her phone. Oh, so let's even get into the phone issue a little bit. Like, so there's something about that phone that's providing something for her, right? So, yeah, okay. She can't go without the phone. Anything else related to the phone you want to throw out there? Some of you are still trying to get over. I'm allowed to talk in church like this. No, we're allowed to do that. Anybody else? They, you guys are great. I'm sure the second service won't be able to come up with nearly what you guys did. So, Okay, now let's ask this. What truth does she need to put on? And it can be from these statements, but it can, it can be other, other truths as well. What are some of the truths that she needs to put on? I am a good mom. Yeah, imagine if she started walking around. I am a good mom. I can change. Yeah. Yeah, I'm meant to be their mom. God gave me these kids. I'm meant to be their mom. That's awesome. Yeah. What else? I'm a child of the king. Yeah. What else? I'm going to change. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. What else? These are great. Yeah. I'm not condemned. Yeah. What else? My kids are teenagers. <laughs> no offense to the front row, but they will get better. Yeah. It's a season, right? I, I had a friend who used to walk around and she'd say, it's a season. It's a season, right? It is a season. Sometimes that's helpful to know that. This isn't the way it's going to be forever. It's a season. Anybody else? God has a plan for me. Yeah. Man, walk around with that. God has a plan for me. Anybody else? These are great, right? I can do all things through Christ. Yeah, he's strengthening me. He's giving me strength today. You guys rock. Man, give yourselves a hand. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Positive affirmation there. <laughs> all right, let's go to another case study. We're going to now do Mike. And uh, uh, I know I've, we've got some mics in here. These, again, the names have been changed to protect the innocent. And this is Mike from Google. So uh, there you go. Uh, so Mike's story is this. Back in September, um, Mike started uh, going to some sites on his phone for uh, gambling for football games and some sites and did you know that there's sites that you can go to? If you've watched a football game, you know that it's all you hear about, right? And so Mike had a friend who supposedly, you know, you can never believe your friend, said that he had already made like a thousand bucks off of one of these sites. And so he's been going and he's been dabbling in some of that. Well, he's been more than dabbling and now he has created quite the financial hole and um, he has not told his wife about it at all. She has no knowledge of what's going on. And so back around Christmas, Mike told himself he's done. I'm not going to these sites anymore. And then this past weekend, he was back and he's lost some more money. Um, and so Mike, um, Mike's at the end of his rope, really. I mean, he's really frustrated with himself. Uh, he's got some financial issues because of this. Again, wife doesn't know anything about it. There's some issues there. So what lie, and again, we don't know, we're just, this is a case study, right? So we can use our imaginations. What lie or lies does Mike need to throw off? So, 
Money will make me happy. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never overcome. Yeah, he's starting to feel that way for sure. Yeah. Keeping it a secret. Listen to this. Keeping it a secret is better than telling the truth. Right? Yeah. I have no willpower. Yeah. My wife will never forgive me. That's why I got to keep it a secret, right? She'll never forgive me. I have no self-control. What else? What was that? Yeah, the lure of easy money. Is that what you said? Yeah, the lure of easy money. Yeah, what else? This is so good. You guys came up with, I had some on my, because I was afraid no one would say anything. So I had some on my notes, and then you guys have done even better. What truth does Mike need to put on? I can change. I bet, I bet, if everybody, you better fess up. I can tell the truth, right? What else? The truth will set me free. Yeah. What other truth? I need some better friends. Hey, going back to our sermon last week, right? Change often has to do with who we surround ourselves with. Yeah. I mean, that really is a truth he needs to believe. What else? Things might be tough, but God is with me, right? Yeah, I can do hard things. I can do hard things. What else? What's that? I'm not alone. Ooh. Okay, that's powerful because so many times, what is one of the primary lies that the enemy wants to put on us? I'm all by myself in this, right? Can I tell you, <laughs> as a pastor, even just the gambling thing alone, like it is skyrocketing. You're not al- if you're in this room and you're going, how did he know? <laughs> First of all, I didn't know. Uh, you're not alone. That's so powerful. You're not alone. In all of these examples, you're not alone, yeah. What else? Accountability. I can be accountable, right? Yep. So, so let me now ask you this. For you, for your life, what lies do you need to throw off? In fact, what I would love for you to do is on the back of the blue card, not your blue connect card, but the blue who I am in Christ card, maybe just turn it over and maybe... Maybe you just write down a word or two words. By the way, this is a private exercise. Even if you're married, I'm just going to ask you not to be trying to see what your spouse is writing down. This really is between you and God. But maybe there's, maybe there's a lie. And just maybe write, even if you don't want to write down the word because you're afraid someone's going to cheese, maybe write down a few like uh, letters of the first words or something that later on maybe you'd be able to reconnect what you're writing down. Or maybe you'd rather do this on your phone, like in your notes app or something. But, but what, what is the lie in your life that you need to throw off? And here's what I've been praying all week. I've been praying the Lord would make this clear to you. Like there would be, for some of you, there's going to be something that's just going to immediately come to your mind. There's going to be a lie that you've been, and, I, and here's even a couple that, 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 that I've been thinking about. I'm a spiritual failure. I'll never amount to anything. I'm pathetic. I'll never change. I don't have what it takes. I'll never be healthy. I'll never have a good marriage. I can never be financially free. There's, there's a lot of different lies. What, what is a lie, maybe a second lie, that you need to throw off? I want to give you a minute to do that.
say, why, why are you giving us so much time? Because some of you have been believing a lot of lies, so I want to give you plenty of time. Listen, some of you are even feeling condemned about the lie that you need to throw off. Like you're in this exercise in church trying to identify a lie that you need to throw off. And even in writing this down, like there's this condemnation, just let that go, okay? You're, you're trying to move toward the truth here, right? And so it's okay to identify the lie. We're going to throw that lie off. And the way that we throw that lie off is by embracing the truth. And that leads to maybe underneath that, the next question would be, what truth do you need to put on? And I would encourage you to maybe structure this with an I statement or a God statement. God is, God will, or I am, I will, I can. What is a truth statement? Because this is a statement that you're going you're gonna to marinate on. This is the one that you're going to be thinking about, that you're going to put in front of you, the truth statement. So I've uh, been telling you about this book. Here's the truth of the matter is I got this book about a year ago this time. It came out, I think, at the beginning of the 2023 and was reading through this. And, and one of the exercises in there was to identify some truth statements and to turn them into declarations. And so for the last year, I've been carrying around a card. In fact, I've had to rewrite it because it's, I had it folded and then it ripped in half. And so I've had to rewrite it. And uh, these are some declarations. I just felt like I needed to just tell you some of the declarations. These are truth statements that I've been chewing on. And I've got a lot of them because I've got a lot of issues, okay? Some of you, you only need a couple. I need like a whole bunch of them. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife. I practically show and tell her my love. Now, just saying this out loud, I feel like I need to give you the disclaimer. I don't always show and tell her my love. But that's why I've written it down on a card, and that's why I'm walking around putting it in front of me. Because I'm speaking that the truth is I love my wife, and the truth is this is who I'm becoming. You get what I'm saying? Like sometimes a declaration, sometimes a true statement, you'll go, well, that's not the truth, so it feels weird me saying it. No, the whole point of me saying it is it's becoming true in my life. Anybody with me? You with me? I'm a godly example to my kids. I give them my time and my attention. So my daughter would be like, bull. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to put words in her mouth. Again, I'm reading that. I'm going, well, I don't always do that. But it's, it's a statement I'm making because I'm becoming that person. I'm disciplined and self-controlled. Christ in me is stronger than wrong desires in me. I love people and believe the best about them. Why do I have to have that? Because I don't always love people and I don't always believe the best about people. So I have to tell myself that this is who I am. I develop leaders. It's not something I do. It's who I am. I cheer for other pastors. I don't criticize them and I don't compare myself with them. I bless them. I kid you not, this morning, I'm in my bathroom getting ready and it was an issue with another pastor that happened this weekend. And my mind started going down that road. And I didn't have this card in front of me, but it's something I've been saying every day. And I says, I don't criticize other pastors. I don't compare myself with them. I love them and I cheer for them. I bless them. Why? Because I've been, 
That was the first thought that came to my mind. Why? Because I'm retraining my brain. No, I'm not going down that road. When I'm stressed and need comfort, I turn to God. Jesus is my strength and help. God has redeemed me. Nothing else can master me. God is always faithful. See, I'm telling you, when you, when you can identify the lie and then throw that lie off, you don't need to dwell on the lie, but you do need to identify it. You do need to call it out. And then when you can identify the truth of who God is and what he is doing and what he says about you, and you can write that thing down and you can begin declaring that and put it on, put it on, put it on. Every day you're going to need to put it on again. Just like hopefully you put on fresh clothes every single day. I was going to say underwear, but that's weird. So just like you put on fresh clothes every day, you don't wear the same sweatshirt every day for a whole week, right? Teenagers in the front row, right? You put on, you put on this, this is going to be the same way with the truth. Same way, you're going to have to keep putting it on. You're going to have to keep putting it on. You're going to have to keep putting it on. Keep putting it on. Because that's how, that's how it becomes really true in your life. You do what you do because of what you think about you. And the truth of the matter is you are dearly loved by God. You are so loved by God. You say, I don't feel like it. Listen, you're so loved by God that even before he created the earth, he thought of you. He had, he had chosen you. That's Ephesians chapter one if you want to look it up. He, he so loved you that in your sin, he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. That's how much he loves you. He loves you. He's for you. He's not in a bad mood. He wants the best for you. He knows your potential. He sees you. He's not against you. He's for you. He loves you. He's calling you to himself. He's not mad at you today. Have you responded to him? See, the greatest truth that you can believe in is that God loves you, that he's called you to himself, just like Rex was saying earlier, that he's invited you into his presence. He's inviting you to know him better, to intimacy. It's the greatest truth that you can understand and start moving toward in your life. And maybe you're here and you say, Ken, I've never, I've never understood the love of God for me. He loves you. He patiently waits for you to respond to him. He patiently waits for you to say yes to him, to say, I need you, Jesus. I give you the control of my life, the reign of my life, the reins of my life. Can I just pray over you? Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and we, uh, we just recognize that what I'm saying this morning, uh, it sounds simple, but it's, it's so hard to live this stuff out. And so we ask for your grace. God, I pray for those in this room maybe who are not followers of Jesus, God, that this morning, even right now in this moment, that under their breath, they would just say, Jesus, have mercy on me forgive me I need you to be first in my life I give you control of my life I surrender myself and all that I am to you you lead 
And God, I pray for all of us in this room that you would help us to identify the lies that we've been believing. Maybe even not just during the service, maybe as we're driving home or maybe tomorrow in our activity or Tuesday when we're at work or at school, God, that that you would just show us this week that there would be clarity regarding lies that we're believing. And God, that we would that we would throw those lies off. And that God, that you would give us equal clarity regarding the truth that you want us to believe and that we would put that truth on. And we would be so intentional about putting that truth on. It wouldn't just be something that we think about this morning in this service, but it'd be something that we, that we just continue to be disciplined in putting that truth on. And that in all things we would glorify you the creator of the heavens and the earth. That we would live for your name and your renown. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, so before you go, a couple things. Remember those blue Connect cards? Those are separate from the blue memory cards. Maybe next time we'll have to change the colors on those. Uh, just if that's confusing to you, those are separate. The blue Connect cards are going to go in the white buckets in the back in a moment. And maybe you're making a decision to follow Jesus or to you're reaffirming a decision to follow him. If you check those boxes on the bottom, uh, we appreciate you doing that. And then... Um, if you need prayer, I know we had prayer during the service, but if you need prayer, we have some prayer partners that are going to be available. And, and maybe as everybody else is leaving, you would just say, hey, uh, would you pray for me? Maybe it's even something that's been stirred up during the sermon. Maybe you just need prayer regarding a lie that you've been believing or prayer regarding a truth that you need to put on. Our prayer partners would love, love, love to pray for you. This week, may you know how loved you are. May you walk in the truth of Jesus Christ. We love you guys. Have a great week. See you later.